If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Start again, hold on. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menchus, and I can't wait to dive into today's show one more time with the amazing Pam Grout. So let's get started. First, I just want to welcome Pam to the show. She's a New York Times bestselling author. So, Pam, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) I'm excited to have you. And for all of our listeners, I just want to welcome you. I know... Um, we've heard from people all over the world, and I receive your gratitude. I'm so excited to have these conversations with um, authors, coaches, business owners, entrepreneurs who have done it. They've grown their businesses or they've had massive success in their book sales, and I thank you for being here with us today. So some of you probably know about Pam Grout. I know I recommend all my books, all of her books to my clients, so let me tell you about Pam. Pam says she's, as an explorer on the frontiers of magic and enchantment, Pam Grout has served as an extra in a zombie movie, composed a country and western song, created a TV series, and communed with Maasai warriors, Turkish sultans, and and into the Ecuadorian sun god, oh my gosh, Ecuadorian sun god, excuse me, for a living. And she always wonders why that's uh, most people's number one question. What does she does? She writes books. Yes, she does. 18 at last count, including the international bestseller, E-squared, nine do-it-yourself energy experiments to prove your thoughts create your reality, and articles for such places as CNN Travel, Huffington Post, and People Magazine. At the very end, Pam's going to tell you more about how you can find her and where you can get her book. So sorry about that. I think I, Ecuadorian sun god, I think I got it right now. But um, you have been all over the world. You've been writing for a long time. But I want you to think back. So back before you were a New York Times bestselling author, what did you believe about sales, salespeople, selling books, business growth? What were your thoughts, and how did you see yourself? You know, I've never really thought of myself so much as a salesperson. I always believe that if you follow the thing that makes you most come alive, and writing is that thing for me, I love to write. I feel like, you know, that was my gift that I was given. And I feel like if people simply follow their beeps, I mean, like what I would call your beeps, your, you know, that GPS beep that's telling you to go a certain way, I think you're led into the perfect 
job for you or the perfect, you know, life pursuit for you. And so more than a salesperson, I always thought of myself more as an artist or more as a creator, I guess, would probably be the best way. I, you know, what I just sort of follow whatever I'm interested in. And this book, and, and you know, the, concept, the books that have followed after it that have been so successful is really just me writing about what I absolutely love, and that is, you know, becoming more, you know, being attached to this bigger thing that wants to push us to greatness. So um, basically I'm just following the thing that I love to do, and I also talk a lot about, you know, more, I talk more about capital like in terms of, you know, spiritual capital and adventure capital, and I don't even think that much about financial capital. I'm more about, um, you know, all these other facets of life, you know, having a really adventurous life, a creative life, a, a life of passion and zest, and so that's more what I'm about, and so I don't even think of myself really in terms of I'm a salesperson, and in fact, um, you know, publishers are actually the ones selling my books or bookstores or whatever. I write them, and then, you know, the publisher and the editors, we work together to get the product out there, but then they kind of handle all those sort of details. But I guess I believe that if you keep producing a quality product, you know, you keep listening to your heart and keep doing that thing that you feel driven to do, um, financial rewards and doubling your sales will just come automatically because that is the way it works. You know, if you're doing what you love, financial rewards can't help but come. Yeah, so, so true and sometimes so easy to forget, I think, as we're out there growing our businesses and or writing. And so, Pam, after, I mean, obviously you've written 18 books. And so when, when you wrote E Squared, did you have an inkling it was going to become such a runaway bestseller? Did you, you know, did you have any knowing? What was that experience like for you? And what did you believe about writing, being an author, just that entire book world after that experience? Because I can imagine you've been on a wild ride since then. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because I did. Okay, the book came out in January of 2013, and on New Year's Eve before, like 2012 going into 2013, I happened to be visiting my sister in Savannah, Georgia, and I took a big stick, and on the beach, you know, she lives near Tybee Island, we went out to a big uh, New Year's Eve celebration there, so I took a big stick and I wrote into the beach, I wrote, E Squared will be an international bestseller. And I wrote that in big, giant letters on the beach, and then I let, you know, the, the waves come in and take it out to the world, and indeed that is what happened happened. And um, so I think I had always intended, you know, for my books to make the New York Times bestseller list. That's always like, the, you know, the you know number one in the New York Times bestseller list, like every author's big dream come true, or, you know, because that's, that's something I always wanted. Right. But again, this was my 16th book, and I was continuing to write, continuing to follow that dream. And I think for me, and I've talked a little bit about this in my book, the book that I followed up, E-Cubed, part of it was me becoming ready for that. Because, in fact, I, I was looking at your questions, and I think, you know, what are some thoughts that I used to have that maybe weren't productive? When I first started writing, and this is like in the very beginning when I first graduated from college, you know, I worked for a newspaper, but then I was, you know, sending articles and trying to get published by, you know, the big magazines. Like Modern Bride was the first big magazine, first national magazine that I was published by. It's not even in existence anymore. But but I did have a thought back then that, oh, what do I, you know, a can, I'm from Kansas, small town in Kansas, what do I have to say to a New York editor? And so I think I had to get over some of those beliefs that I had that maybe I wasn't good enough 
to write for the big national magazines. And I think as I worked on that side of myself, you know, getting over some of those beliefs, those assumptions that I made that somehow I didn't have anything to say to, you know, you really have to get over a lot of that. And I think we all have like this little tape going in our head that says, oh, I'm not good enough. I mean, you talked to anybody. I heard a really interesting story the other day. We all kind of have that imposter syndrome, like, oh, man, I'm not good enough or whatever. So I think we have to constantly work on it. But the story that I heard was that, okay, Neil Gaiman, I don't know if you know who he is. He wrote Coraline. He's a sure. huge best-selling author. He's very, very big-time author. A lot of his books have been made into movies. But he was at some big shindig, and he was feeling like, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I doing here? You know, he was feeling that imposter syndrome, like he wasn't good enough. And so this guy, you know, walks up to him, and he goes, hey, I have the same name as you. His name was Neil. And so they start talking, and Neil Gaiman happened to mention how he felt like, oh, what am I doing here with all these big muckety-mucks? And the and other guy says, you know, I feel the exact same way. It was Neil Armstrong. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a story. It's oh. like, you know, everybody, all of us feel like, oh, what do we have to say to somebody else? So we have to fight that little voice that's in our head and know that it's not true. You know, we have to continue to believe in ourselves, even if that little voice is telling us we're not as good as other people. Well, <laughs> for sure. And I mean, it's something we talk a lot about on this show, whether it's the imposter syndrome or just that core belief. I can't say how many times in my own coaching practice or people I've interviewed that just, am I enough? You know, I'm not enough. Or what room am I in today? And how do I feel about, you know, myself? And, um, and so when you share the story about you, I'm from, you being from Kansas, I'm from Kansas, and I don't know, you know, who am I to be a New York Times selling author. So what I'm curious about Pam, is, is how did you work through that belief and, and how did you get to the belief so that you could, you know, on, while you're standing on the beach, write international bestseller, you know, E squared will be an international bestseller. How could you, how did you have the confidence to write that down? Like, how did you get there? Or excuse me, E squared, right? It was, that was actually well, you know, it's, before EQ. It's been a long process. I mean, you literally have to keep fighting those voices and you kind of have to surrender and for me what I believe is there's this higher force that's always propelling us forward that is constantly calling to us constantly beckoning and so we have to really quit listening to those voices and um, and we have to know that deep down and if we surrender and attach to the bigger thing that we will be propelled forward so for me it's been a long journey you know I in fact I love to tell the story you know E square which is this huge I mean it's been translated into 40 languages I've been all over the world talking about this book but I actually actually wrote it seven years earlier maybe it was nine years earlier and it came out it was a book and everything and it quickly went you know into the remainder bin I mean it didn't make it it went out of print I had it titled something different and then I but I really liked the book I continued to believe in it so you know if I went off and I wrote you know three books for National Geographic so I didn't like you know, wallow in my self-pity because this book that I loved didn't do well, but it didn't do well under the original title, but I went on and I wrote three other books, and I continue to get happier and happier and to get what I call on the joy channel. You know, we're all on a frequency, you know, so like as we get happier and happier in our lives and we, then I think we get, we're more attached to this bigger thing that's propelling us forward. So then, you know, my daughter went off to college. I was more open and free, and so the book comes out again. It was basically the same book. It has one less experiment, but basically the same book. And as I got happier and happier, the book comes out, and then it, you know, takes off, and it's, you know, big explosion. It's this huge, you know, sensation. So, um so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was my inner work. You know, one of the things I always say, you know, you, you look at the mirror, you see a problem, like say your lipstick's messed up. You don't try to fix the problem on the mirror. You have to fix it inside. <laughs> so, you know, any thoughts that I might have that I wasn't good enough, you know, that I wasn't, 
talented enough or whatever, I had to fix it on the inside. You have to, um, you know, keep plunging forward even if you have those thoughts that are telling you that. You have to continue to say, no, that's not true. You know, I am capable. I am worthy. I am able to do this thing. And, again, for me, it's been a little bit easier because I did always have this dream, you know, of wanting to be a writer. I love to be a writer. I was doing what I love to do. So, you know, it kind of keeps you going if you're doing what you love to do. I mean, you know, it's much easier or much better to, if you're going to fail at something, might as well fail at what you love to do <laughs> rather than fail right. at what you don't love to do. You might as well do what you love to do. So true. So thank you for sharing that story. And I, I remember I remember reading that in the book that it was it had um, been there was a different edition of the book and then it, you put it out there again and it took off and um, and yet here was I love what you shared about it was more of that internal joy that that vibration and I we have to go there we have to go to the quantum physics conversation I you know I, I'm in my next book it's called the belief zone it's coming out in the fall and we talk a lot about you know i delved into the world of quantum physics and you know i've read your books and um people like greg coon who i know you know and um greg's become a friend and we're just you know always in this conversation because there's so much we cannot explain right so we talk about it and yet scientifically we can't exactly explain all of it so give us i just want to hear your short version of you know how you meld the quantum physics conversation with all the experiments and you know the the reality of what we're doing and getting on that joy channel and how you really tie those things together so beautifully. I'd love for those of people who haven't heard from me. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Well, you know, okay, what I believe in um, that there's this field of infinite potential, and so the quantum physicists call it the field. I mean, some people might call it God. I mean, there's a lot of different names for this force that is out there that we're all connected to. We're all energy, you know, so that's where the frequency part comes in. We are actually energy, and so it's all a big illusion that we're separate people in these separate bodies. (laughs) So the more we connect to that bigger thing, you know, that field of infinite potentiality, which is what I call it, the field of infinite potential, and all my experiments revolve around is it really true that there is this bigger thing out there that wants to help us, that wants to guide us, that wants to bless us? Is that really true? So I set it up. It's like, yeah, you can talk about this. You know, we've been going to church and hear about this force. We've been hearing, you know, I guess it's been about 100 years that, um, you know, Albert Einstein said, you know, everything is energy. It's been, wait, no, now it's been even 100 and a little bit more years. But, you know, and so we've used this this belief, this quantum physics thing to develop lasers and do all these different things, but how many of us are actually using it in our lives? And so that's what I say, hey, there is this field of infinite potentiality. There is any possibility out there, and there's all these different superpositions, and you actually animate into your life whichever superposition you put your attention upon. So if you put your attention upon woe is me, you're going to get a woe is me life. But if you put your attention on, you know, what's so exciting to you and what you love to do and really just keep moving in that, you are going to collapse that wave. And, I mean, ideally you don't want to collapse anyway. You want to keep open to all the different possibilities. But as far as in quantum physics terms, they've, they've discovered that every time, I mean, it's really impossible to do a scientific experiment because the observer is constantly interacting with whatever they're experimenting with. So the observer is is affecting the experiment. So it's like, you know, the big one they talk about is the double slit experiment. If they expected it to be waves, it was waves. They expected it to be particles, it was particles. So in other words, what we expect out of life, again, we animate into our life whatever we put our attention upon. So that's what happens. Then we collapse the wave on whatever we're putting our attention upon. So it's important, you know, you put your attention upon, you know, all the possibilities, then you get more possibilities. 
Yes, beautifully said. Thank you for saying it so eloquently. And um, I love the experience in your book. I've, I've encouraged my clients to practice them. I practice them regularly, and I've, the universe definitely has a sense of humor, so I have to be really clear what I'm asking for. But um, we've had some <laughs> cool things show up within 48 hours. And, and um, I want to share with you, too, my book publisher showed up within 48 hours. So after I did one of oh, your experiences, great. I was done. I'd been looking. I'd been searching. I'd been having all these conversations. And finally I just said, you know what? I know it's time. I know it, it just, it needs a home. This book is, I, cause I thought about self-publishing it, but it just didn't feel right. Like there was something missing. So I, I put it out there and the way it all came together was just so beautifully orchestrated. And if I would have tried to do that, I, I never could have. So, um, for those of you who are listening, like you have to read Pam's books and actually practice the experiments because it'll blow your mind and then you start to realize how much you do create your own, your own reality. And speaking of that, so Pam, you are an expert truly in getting people to move from problem state to possibility. And I would love for you to share just your top two to three strategies um, that you share with others or you've shared in your books that really impact people and help them see that they, they do um, and they can create their own reality. Well, I think the first step really is to believe that there is a possibility state. Because, I mean, we spend so much of our life in problem state. You know, we're keeping track of all the times we got rejected or all the times this happened or all the time that So, And then we think, come up with these seven steps to fix these things that we think are wrong. But once you get into possibility state, I mean, okay, so the, the state of the world is problem state, right? I mean, everybody's looking at problems or looking at things that aren't going right. And one of the stories I always tell is, like, who would go into – you know, Nordstrom's or Macy's or go in a store, pick out the ugliest outfit and take it to the counter. We wouldn't do that. But yet in the thoughts that we have, we pick out the most the most unhealthy thoughts instead of you know, thinking about the positive thoughts, you know, the, the possibility thoughts. So it's really right. important to believe, A, that it is possible that there is a bigger reality. So that's the first thing. You have to actually believe that there is a bigger possibility out there for you. So once you start believing that and being open to that, and then you start asking for little signs. I mean, I like to start with baby steps, and that's what, you know, the, some of the first experiments in the book are. They're just little baby steps. I'm not asking you to, you know, pull out of thin air a million dollars, although, you know, I tend to believe that could happen too. <laughs> but um, I tend to have people look for simple things, like look for blue cars or look for feathers or look for butterflies, you know, different really simple things. And you realize that you start noticing, what again, you're animating into your um, – field of awareness what you're looking for so then you know start looking for things that are you know possible start looking for new possibilities ask to be shown different things so that would be the second thing and then the third strategy for living in possibility state is always staying open and um just really realizing that whatever in fact i heard biz stone say one time you know he's the guy that one of the co-founders of twitter and he said that, you know, like he used to work as a, a graphic designer or something for a, um, I think it was a book company or, or book publisher. And um, he knew that, like, he'd, he'd, he'd design something and if, if they, they didn't like it, he's like, that's okay, because he knew there were so many different possibilities. I mean, he knew, okay, well, if that's fine. There's more where that came from. So literally, if that didn't work, there's going to be, you know, a hundred other, a million other ways that you could possibly do it. So I'm um, just being open to all those different possibilities. That's great. So believing that there's some other possibilities, asking to be shown, and then always staying open. Um, always staying open, yeah. That we can all, we all do. So I'm curious, Pam, would you be open to sharing, I mean, when you look back at 
all the amazing things and somewhat maybe that feel magical things that have happened to you. I mean, do you have a story where it was where you just couldn't deny that the IP was there for you and you had this, this other force was there to support you? Well, I get little signs all the time. In fact, one of the great things about this book is I get emails from people literally every day. So every morning I, you know, wake up and there's some new story about some new miracle that happened to somebody. And it's really been fun for me. I mean, I get to hear all these just really fun stories. But as far as in my own life, I mean, I think that moment that I knew, wow, I'd really made it. We, um, My daughter and I went to um, the Peninsula Hotel in Chicago and it's a real fancy hotel. It's where, like, when Oprah did her last show, all the stars stayed at the peninsula. But anyway, so we go in there, and it was about the time that um, E Squared had been, you know, had made number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And one of the things they do at the peninsula is they, you know, kind of listen to what their guests are interested in, and they, they kind of give them these fun little surprises. So Taz and I walked into our suite at the peninsula, and they had made this cake that was an exact replica of E squared. It was so cool. And they, there was a bottle of wine there and two glasses. And they had just decided to do that for us. And so they had, you know, reproduced the cover of E squared, you know, on this cake. So that was pretty exciting. And I guess just even seeing, um, you know, my name on the, on the New York Times bestseller list was a pretty exciting moment as well. So, yeah. So there were a lot of fun times when that all started happening. And it kind of just took off word of mouth. I mean, literally, it was just one of those things where, you know, I think I was on the right frequency and people just seemed to like it. And they just, um, you know, start talking about it. And it, you know, just started developing a lot of momentum and just took off. Yeah. It's, so and I'm sure there's people who are listening and thinking, um, well, it, it happened for Pam, but can it happen for me? Can I be a New York Times bestselling author? Can I be, um, for some, can I be an author? Can I continue to grow my business? Like, on the, did you ever, or do you ever have those days where you've in the past wanted to give up or were struggling? And do you have any advice for our listeners um, when they have those moments? Because I'm sure there's someone listening right now who's feeling like that. Oh, well, I think everybody does. I mean, again, you know, Neil Armstrong didn't, he was worthy of it. I mean, I think everybody has that. <laughs> right. And I think that's helpful is to, to realize that we're all in this together. You know, we're all, we all have those doubts. Everybody, all the people that you look at and you think, wow, they've really made it, but they're all having the same doubts as you are. So that's one way to kind of keep going is to realize that. And certainly there's days when I, you know, feel that that as well, but you just keep going ahead. You just keep getting up off the floor or wherever you might be and you know, <laughs> right. taking the next step. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any specific affirmations or any things that you say to yourself or a belief that you re-engage with, like any other things that have helped you um, just propel yourself on this journey? Yeah, well, I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, and I don't know if anybody out there is familiar mm. with that, but that's a lot of it is where mm -hmm. you turn it over to this bigger thing, this, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, and you say, hey, look, you know, with my own devices, I'm, you know, kind of sunk here, but I would be happy to, you know, be open to your, you know, bigger picture, your, you know, your viewpoint, which is so much bigger, can kind of see the bigger picture. So I've done a lot of surrendering and turning it over to the bigger thing. So when I do the Course in Miracles, I mean, it's a, it's a daily practice. And every day there's a different lesson, and I've been doing that for a long time. And it's a way of really rewriting your thought system. It's really like training your mind. 
because we do have to train our mind because, again, my mind can only see really a small amount when there's just so much bigger possibility. So that would, I guess, even be another tip that I might add to that, you know, helping people to see more possibilities is to really ask for that outside help from that bigger force that is wanting to propel us in directions of our goodness and our, you know, and and really, you know, helping the whole planet. I mean, we're all being called to, you know, enrich the planet, to uplift the planet. We're all being called to do that in whatever pursuit it might happen to be. And so as we hook up to this bigger thing, those kind of messages, those kind of um, things are coming in clearer and clearer for each person. It, with their, each person has a job and a task and something they're meant to do. And so, so thank you for sharing that. I know so many people have studied A Course in Miracles. I've, I'm not a student of it in that way. I've, I've read parts of it. I actually want to um, read more of it. And so, Pam, do you have a practice that goes with it? Do you do writing with it? Um, a lot of people talk about scripting. I know in your experiments you do a lot of writing, but are there any other tips that you can give our listeners as we're coming to a close here on just, um, you know, how to more easily um, – you know, besides the things they're doing, which is believing in possibility, ask to be shown, always staying open, is there any writing they could do, or what else do you recommend? Well, I've done affirmations. I do different things, you know, from time to time, but I did, um, but, but yeah, I did do affirmations, you know, where I would write affirmations like I, well, you know, that was an affirmation I wrote in the beach, you know, on the beach, you know, that was right, just a one-time sure. thing, but I used to write in my journal sometimes in the morning, like affirmations, I am a best-selling author, I'm a best-selling author, you know, I'd say it over and over again, so I've done that from time to time, I've tried a lot of different things, but I, you know, I haven't actually done the scripting per se, but I do think that's a good idea, you know, and I also talk a lot about set it and forget it, you know, create your big dream, you know, create your dream, and then let it go like i've called it the crock pot principle you know you've made the decision so the less the more you can get out of the way the less you do the better it can happen because again you're hooking up you're relying on this bigger thing um if you try to get real involved and say okay well maybe i should do this maybe i should do that but you wait for that guidance because we all have guidance we all will be shown what to do and told what to do if we can get out of our own way if we can get out of those assumptions and those beliefs and that limited thinking that we tend to, you know, fall into. But if we can open up to that bigger thing, and that's what the Course in Miracles is all about, you know, retraining your mind to be open to that guidance and to realize that a lot of the things that we've believed are not true and that there are assumptions that we've made that have blocked us from, you know, seeing all this guidance. So I, you know, I, I do my Course in Miracles every day. I do meditation. I, I often write um, you know, in a journal. In fact, I write my journal pretty much every day. I'm on a thing right now where I'm sitting out with nature because I feel like there's so much guidance from nature. I mean, that's my current thing. I've, I'm doing like a, a six-week thing where I sit in the same spot for 10 minutes every day. So I do a lot of different things. I, I'm always trying, you know, new things. It's it's fun to, to do different things. I love it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And so one last question tied to that, because I, I know I can feel people, they're going to ask me later, did you ask Pam this question? So when the guidance comes through, how does it show up for you? Like, how do you know that this is, you know, from something greater than you? Or how do you know to, to run with a certain idea? And how is that different you from know, what, like, your ego might tell you to do? Right. You know, one thing that I've 
recently really noticed is when you hear a repeat of something, that couldn't be clearer. Because sometimes, you know, we do tend to doubt, wow, was that real guidance or was that, you know, like you said, my ego telling me that. But when you start hearing things repeating again and again, then you know, wow, there's something to this. Like say you see a yellow bird and, and it reminds you of something or, you know, you ask for a sign. And then you see another one. Or you hear a, a word, you know, a couple different times. So I think, in fact, I think it's fair for us to ask for that. You know, we want this to be clear. And that's one of the things I say in E-squared. I want my guidance to be clear. I want to know that this is guidance. So it, it works different ways for different people, like how we can best see it. Sometimes you'll hear a song on the radio sometimes you know literally a book will fall off the shelf um yes. you know it can happen a lot of different ways but again as we ask to be open to that we will it will mm-hmm. start becoming clear and, and i think it's very fair to ask i want this to be really crystal clear i want to really yes. recognize that this is a sign and this is meant for me so i think yeah asking asking for that clarity is is a fair is fair game from the fp <laughs> All right. That yeah. So that's right. The SPS. So I. So in closing time, I just want to say thank you. And people are going to want to know how to how do they get your books? Where do they find you? I know you have your website, pamgrout.com. Um, where else do you have a Facebook page? Can they tie to your blog? How do they get more of you? Yeah, probably. If you go to Pam Grout, you'll see everything. I think my Twitter's listed on there. It's all my name. If you know my name, there's Pam Grout Twitter. I've got a Facebook page. I've got an Instagram. Um, but probably my blog is the best way to hook in because I do um, regularly put, you know, blog posts on there with, you know, these kind of thoughts. And um, so, yeah, that's probably the very best way. But but anyway, and as okay. far as getting my books, there are, you know, any bookstores you can order them. I don't actually sell them myself, but you can right. – Amazon has them. Any of the online bookstores um, have them, and a lot of the, you know, regular bookstores have them as well. In fact, somebody the other day um, – sent me a picture they were at O'Hare and they they sent me a picture hey here's your book at O'Hare so I mean you know they're everywhere I was in Nairobi um, on a safari doing a travel rider trip and we were sitting there and one of the other travelers go hey guess what I just saw your book in the Nairobi airport so you never know where you might find it <laughs> <laughs> or where it might find you right we just exactly. never know exactly that's a good way to say it yeah so before we completely close out I want to give you a final word what is your just last piece of imp- um, inspiration, motivation for our listeners? Um, just know that there is so much possible for you and that the universe really does want to bless you. Every single person, it wants to. It has gifts and blessings and signs for all of us. And so just um, be open to receiving yours and let it happen. Beautiful. Pam, I want to thank you for being here today, for just blessing our listeners um, now around the world. I know there's people that are going to hear you for the first time and maybe who've heard you before but haven't read your books or have read some of your books and now need to get all of your books. So um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. And I want to thank all of our listeners. Um, We are with you. I know that some of you might be having your best day or your worst day, but just know that we're here to support you. We have more resources at salescoachnow.com. You can get our video series, Sales Secrets of the Top 10%, and that's free for you. And also our updated um, blog that comes out every week, and we'd love to stay connected with you. You can also email me at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A, at salescoachnow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, everyone, and please make 2017 your most epic year yet.